So I knew that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own business. And so I knew that because I seen how my dad worked. He he was in the military for six years and he did not like it at all. And so he became an entrepreneur himself. And I when when we lived with him our 12th grade year, I seen I saw his freedom. I really loved all of the like he, you know, overall his freedom. And so and then he also told me this advice is that don't don't let ever don't let anyone tell you how much you're worth an hour. And so that really You're listening to Creators Conversations that features dope creatives, innovators, and leaders from around the world, giving their perspective on life, pivots, and everything in between. I'm your host, Lacey McKinney, so let's get into it. If you're ready to take ownership of your development, but don't know where to start, I'm sharing the strategies that help me take ownership of my career and step into my purpose as a leader of impact. This episode is brought to you by the Impactful Leadership Mixtape. The mixtape is your permission slip to become a leader of impact and show the true value of your expertise. You can download the Leadership Impact audio and a 20-page guide at LaceyMcKinney.com slash Leadership Mixtape. Allow me to introduce you to my next guest. Simone Key is the founder and chief executive officer of Simone Key Creative Studio, the first Black-owned branding and interactive agency in Dallas, Texas. Simone is well-traveled and well-versed in the world of design, connection, and entrepreneurship. It was her passion as a young girl knowing in her heart she was born to utilize her perspective in a profound way. That inspired Simone's unique journey to open her own design studio. On today's episode of Creators Conversations, we talk about how Simone is holding space for Black innovators and founders, as well as how she's infusing the Black culture in her work. Simone, thank you so much for joining Creators Conversations. I am really excited about this conversation. I'm going to be honest with you. I have I don't want to say stalked you, but I have. (laughs) (laughs) I have been following along with you. And just when I came across um, your information and your studio and everything, I'm just like, I have to get to know who this person is. I Uh want to be in proximity, what have you. And so I I hope that happens within this, uh, you know, after this conversation. But thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yes. So let's jump right into the first question. And so I want to take it back to your childhood. Okay. And so I want to ask, do you recall a moment in your childhood when you knew that your thoughts and ideas were unique? And perhaps was there someone that kind of encouraged your creative journey? Yes. So what back in my childhood, I don't know if it sounds cliche, but I always knew that I was going to be an artist. I didn't know if it was going to be a traditional artist or I knew it was going to be something creative. And I remember picking up, which is weird. <laughs> I remember picking up my first crayon. Um, my mom, <laughs> we was on our bunk beds, me and my twin brother, my mom, she was teaching us how to draw and like shade within the lines. And um, I don't, that first moment, just picking up that crayon, which I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if this sounds so weird, but I just loved to color. I love the colors. I, I was a child that loved like vibrant 
um, neon colors. I wore, you know, neon hats with the matching outfit and um, bright pink and bright purples. And I just loved anything. And so my mom was the the person that drove me into art. She's it's funny because she's not even an artist. My brother's not an artist. They draw stick people. <laughs> and I I was like, where did I get this from? And she said, my uncles know how to draw. My I believe my dad knows a little bit of drawing, but ultimately I picked up that creative um mind. So yeah. Okay. I mean, I can kind of relate to that. My mother is an artist, but you know, it's kind of sad that I didn't pick up that drawing piece, but I like the visual side. So I was uh, more of the, 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 and I say visual, I, I guess I'm more so thinking of performing arts. I danced. And so that was my oh, okay. touch with, okay. with, with the arts and everything else. So I can kind of, you know, as you're saying that, that, you know, that people around you did certain things, but you picked it up in a different way. So I can kind mm -hmm. of, you know, mm -hmm. see that and understand that. So that, that's, I like how that, that connection happened. And so, yeah. And, oh, no. And I was going to say, too, what really made me think that I had something is, you know, I don't know if you knew, like, you know, back in the day when they did, uh, like, at Banks, when they did those drawing contests and, like, uh -huh. yeah, for the little kids. Yeah, I would always win them. And so I was like, oh, okay, I got something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I like that. So let, let's let's stay back in the day uh, when you were younger. Let's talk about uh, technology and how technology showed up as a child. Did you have access? Um, what did you gravitate to, um, you know, as a kid? Did you did you see design? Did you even know that concept? Um, you know, back in the day, did you have, you know, computers, those new technologies and softwares and stuff that came out? How much did you have and how much did that play a part into what you did and how you learned? Yeah, so technology was not a big part of me growing back, you know, back in the day. Um, I don't know if it's going to make me date. I mean, I'm 30 years old, but. Um, <laughs> still young. You were still just, young. Yeah, the kids nowadays, they pick up a cell phone when they're like one years old. Yes. Um, but we, me and my brother, we were always outside playing, um, like climbing trees. I was a little bit of tomboy, a little bit, but not as much. But we we played outside. What What I gravitated towards was. In high school, my mom had to go to her um, second tour to Iraq. And so me and my brother moved to Texas. That's how I got here, um, moved to Texas and stayed with my dad um, for our 12th grade year. And so I actually learned about Mac computers. I didn't even really know about what a Mac computer was. Um, and in that in that class, I mean, I had like different classes that I would take and I learned, you know, Mac computers and a little bit of Photoshop, but um, that probably in high school was the main, when I like really, you know, started loving technology. Okay. All right. And so going into that, so we're going to kind of transition into your, I guess, past your high school time. So, you know, while most of your classmates were deciding to attend universities, um, I saw that you attended the Art Institute of Dallas. So kind of walk us through that decision to attend an art institute instead of going into like a, a university and talk about your experience there. Yeah. OK, so I. During my 12th grade year, the Art Institute of Dallas um, visited my school 
And I didn't know anything about graphic design. That's what I went into my field. I didn't know anything about, like I said, graphic design, web design, motion graphics, anything like that. But my 12th grade year, the Art Institute of Dallas had a couple of representatives come to our classes and told us about what a graphic designer do um, or does. Um, they told us what mo motion graphics do, inter um, interior designers do. And I just really fell in love with the concept of creating something, an art, my artwork being on billboards and magazine ads and everyone in the world can see it. And so I was like, okay, I really love this. At first I wa actually wanted to become a, uh, create, uh, what is it, a fashion designer. Uh, Cause I really love to dress. <laughs> I really love to be stylish. And then once I found and you are, I've seen some of your videos and stuff. You're very stylish. Thank you. Yes. And then once I found out you had to actually create the clothes, I was like, oh no, that's not. <laughs> that is definitely not for me. That is definitely not for me. So um, and then my my dad was like, well, maybe you can become an architecture. They they make a little bit more money. And I tried that in high school, an elective, and I hated it. I hate math. Any creative can <laughs> can uh. Uh, you know, any creative, I, I don't think we like math at all. So like I said, I really love graphic design when the Art Institute of Dallas told me about it. And then once I found out it's a trade school, so it's a trade school, but you also have um, the four main curriculums. So you have, you know, uh, history, uh, science, math, what is the last one? English. And so when, <laughs> all so, that other stuff. Yeah, that and matter. so once I found that out. It's not just a general trade school. It's, you know, you, you learn your craft, but you also have a little bit of elements from a university. I just loved it. I just fell in love with it. And just knowing what, you know, all of the, knowing the professors and everything like that. It was, it was just amazing opportunity just to go there. Um, my mom actually gave me her GI Bill. So, so it paid for my tuition, which was a blessing for that. Yes, that, that is a blessing. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm from Dallas as well and didn't know anything about the Art Institute. So to hear you say that there was a, um, a curriculum, just like in universities, I had no idea. So that that mm -hmm. is teaching me something there. <laughs> I like that um, for those that are creative, but you still need those bases. Mm -hmm. You still need that mm -hmm. formative education. So I think that's awesome. And so going forward, um, I know after you went through the Institute and, and everything and, and was very successful there, um, you built your portfolio, then you decide to go into corporate America. And it seems as though you going into corporate America was kind of a short lived uh, stint. <laughs> and so I want you to talk about what was what was a pivotal moment in your career when you knew you didn't want to continue to climb the corporate ladder? Share your experience and what you learned um, from corporate America. Yeah, so. Ever since I was 16 years old, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I knew that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own business. And so I knew that because I seen how my dad worked. He he was in the military for six years and he did not like it at all. And so he became an entrepreneur himself. And I when when we lived with him our 12th grade year, I seen I saw his freedom. I really loved all of the, like he, you know, overall his freedom. And so, and then he also told me this advice is that don't, don't let, ever, don't let anyone tell you how much you're worth an hour. And so that really stuck with me. And so I was like, okay, I want to have my own business. I, 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 um, so I went into the corporate world for three and a half years 
And I wanted to learn the ins and outs of the corporate world, like how do they present, um, how do they talk to their clients, just every, just learn, like I said, the lingo, everything like that. And so I did that for three and a half years. I was going to quit um, to 2016, summer 2016, and I actually got fired in September 2015. And it was with no write-ups, no notifications. And I just knew right then and there that was God pushing me out um, because I actually prayed that morning and asked God, like, what is my next steps? Like, what do you want me to do? And that's what happened. <laughs> I got fired that same day. And so, you know, I I, I cried a little bit, but I, I, I was like, okay, this is, this is what God wanted me to do now. And so ever since then, I knew it was, I was going in the right direction because first year I worked with Sally Beauty, working on their package design. There's actually work still in Sally Beauty Texture ID for multicultural hair. Um, I also worked with the city of Dallas that same first year and created uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Parade and Celebration, all of their assets and websites and branding. And it was actually the branding was so well received that it joined north and south of uh, te- uh, Dallas. And a lot of people don't know that, that it was segregated, basically. Um, and so my branding uh, joined those two together. And it was the first it, first to be broadcasted live on TV. So that was an amazing experience just for that first main year. And I and I worked with the Boys and Girls Club for my first year as well. So I just knew, I was like, okay, I'm going in the right direction. I, I got pushed me right when I needed to be pushed. That, that piece and, and your stance in corporate America and, you know, talking about what your dad said about don't let someone put a dollar um, on what you're worth or your value or what you can offer. I mean, I think, like you said, God was telling you something. So God basically pushed you um, to go into what you needed to do in the direction in your mm-hmm. life and everything. Mm-hmm. And so going into your first year, so you talked a little bit about uh, what you've been able to accomplish, but let's talk about you just as a black creative and, and kind of how that has shaped, you know, your services that you offer in CK Creative Studio, also the culture of your organization, and just how that how that helped you navigate the business world, or or the challenges you may had, you know, kind of navigating within that space um, at the very beginning. Yeah, so I mean, it was challenging just off the top because being, you know, when you go to college, they teach you to work for somebody else, and especially in the creative field. Um, we're usually the busy bees and like we have somebody that went to business school and, you know, started an advertising agency and that's, and they, you know, they, they grab creative designers or anything like that to be a part of their team. But, uh, I, I did struggle a lot because I'm, I was trying to learn the entrepreneur part of it. Um, learning how to price, learning, um, what to say on emails or how to invoice or do estimates or uh, just everything that you need to know. Even right now, like I'm, I'm hiring people. And so you have to, I mean, I'm look, listening to podcasts or uh, just trying to figure out what type of knowledge I can gain anywhere and everywhere. Because uh, you don't learn that how to run a business. And so um it was a it was a it was a struggle, especially being a black woman. I have that struggle today, and that's the reason why I created my podcast, Black Creative Table. Um, it's just because I know the struggle, like just 
Uh, <laughs> just working with others uh, that doesn't that don't look like me. Sometimes they don't get it, especially in the advertising world. I know y'all have seen like Pepsi and and Dove and Gucci when they they you know put out a certain product or a certain commercial and they don't get it right. They get you get offended. They they offend a lot of um, you know minorities because they don't get the messaging right. And so what a, one of my missions is to get it right. So we do have like corporate corporate clients that we work with, um, DNI brand managing managers, um, diversity and inclusion. That's what it means uh, to mm -hmm. work. Uh, they come to us to work with us because we we I usually say this, but we are the culture. Like we, we get yes. it right because this is us. We're not we're not mm -hmm. faking it. We're not like doing any type of research. <laughs> Um, this is us. So we, we can't, we get it right every time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle, especially, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm black, I'm a woman and I'm in this creative field. Uh, it, it's, it's very difficult, like just based on, I know that, so say for instance, I know one of my clients, they paid someone sick, uh, a white advertising agency, $60,000. And then they came to me with the same project and i I got paid twenty thousand dollars, and but mm. it went it it did so well. The other the other product that they got from the you know the Caucasian company advertising agency, it, it didn't go anywhere because they didn't have the right messaging. They didn't have the right person on that team that looked like me. And so, like I said, that's one of my missions is to get it right and to shine a better light on African Americans. You know, like in the advertising agency, I mean, in advertising, we're we're not shot, we're not shown in a, a great light, and that's one of my missions is to show that we are beautiful, we are excellent, <laughs> black magic, black girl magic, everything like that, luxury, normalizing luxury in black mm -hmm. <laughs> in um, black America. Yes, and I, I think you're spot on. And just what I've seen, um, the the different campaigns that you've worked on, I see all of that in in and through it. You mm -hmm. know, and so I, I think that is very important. And just thinking about business itself, I mean, us as African Americans, we started a deficit. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's so sad that we have to figure out how to you know put everything together. Whereas some of our other counterparts, they kind of have a it's almost as if it, you know, almost at five, six, you know, 10, whatever, they, they're being taught about business and everything else. And, and so I think there's a missed opportunity that we have within our, our community to start those conversations young, um, start to teach those mm -hmm. things um, mm -hmm. about having a business, money matters, all of that. I think it, it needs to start, you know, a little younger. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's awesome that you are, you know, shaping that and doing that. And I know for sure you're, you're teaching that to, you know, those that are, you know, coming up under, under you. And so talking about, you're saying, you know, you're, you're building a team, you're working on hiring people. So let's talk about your leadership qualities and talk about, you know, what leadership qualities and habits do you attribute your success in working with uh, your diverse high profile clients? Um, Cause you named a lot of them. You know, what type of skills do you have to have? What What are some things that you're doing? What are some habits that you're learning? How are you approaching some of these clients when you're working with them? Yeah, so usually when I'm working with, well, any any client, especially high profile clients, I, I have a system. You always need a process within your company. So 
the only way that you can really be successful is to have a process within your system, within your business. And what I mean by that is, so we usually start off with a discovery call. Well, if we get a lead, then we we do a discovery call. Then after that, if they would like to move forward, we set up a consultation, a one-on-one consultation. And a lot of people come to us where they're like, um, oh, I want to, you know, work with Simone. And so I'm literally, I think that's what a lot of people come to us because we're this small niche, this this boutique agency where I'm actually in the meetings. And so they actually have this one-on-one uh, consultation with me and my team. And I think that's what they really love because it's personable, it's homey, you know. So uh, that is one of the things. So we do a 15-minute discovery call, a consultation, and then we send out a proposal. Um, and like I said, it's, it's overall a process. The next steps is, you know, designing and then probably sending a thank you card and follow-up emails and things of that nature but it all is it's all in the process creating a process within your um, business internally okay so I mean I think that that's a big thing in business because I've heard a lot of people say that there is a shortcomings when it comes to the following mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. and having systems and processes in place and so I think that is great to be able to have you know into business and to hear you say that out loud for those that are listening to this podcast those that will hear this over time and so you know I know you know people are out there they want to you know launch an agency like you have uh, you've opened up CK Creative Studio so what tips can you give to creative professionals that you know don't necessarily want to stay in the the hustle mentality of being a, a creative but want to switch to more professional and have an agency what type of tips can you give them give us at least three that okay. you have okay. off the top yeah of the type head. of tips that I would give anybody that is a freelancer or someone that's working a nine to five working for somebody else and is very talented, but want to start their own agency, I would say first start off with basically saving your money from your nine to five, which you probably heard this before, but you're, you're investing with your nine to five. And so that's how I started. Um, I kind of set a goal for myself. So I was like, okay, within four months, well, within six months, I'm going to see if I can make my salary. And at the time I was making $40,000 as an art director, uh, or was it 45, something like that, $40,000. And so within four months, uh, what was it? Within four months, I made $20,000. And so I was like, okay, if I can make this in if I can make twenty thousand dollars in four months, like just hustling, working my nine to five, and then working my freelance. So the freelance, I made twenty, like I said, twenty thousand dollars within four months. And so I was like, okay, um, my salary is forty. So this, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can, I can live off of working on my own, working for myself. Um, and then, so I, like I said, I would say to save up your money. And then after that, I would tell you to make sure your portfolio online on social media is looking very professional. Um, and what I mean by that is there's mock-ups out there where it's like Photoshop. I might be, <laughs> the lingo might be <laughs> going across people's heads, but um, <laughs> just like I said, just have a really nice portfolio um, and be on different platforms such as um, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Behance for the creatives out there, um, Dribble. There's so many platforms that you can be found on uh, that that can lead you anywhere and everywhere. And I would say the third would be 
just do great work for your for your clients. Uh, the best word of mouth, which you probably already heard, is by uh, I mean, the best reference is a word of mouth from your clients. Uh, so that's how I built my my um, clientele. Mainly, it, a lot of people are like, "How do you get your clients?" But it's it's literally word of mouth because they've seen my work or they they've uh, I've did work with them, and so that's how I got most of the big big names out there. I mean, big name clients. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So let's talk a little bit uh, more about your studio. So we have CK Creative Studio. And so I have not personally been to your studio. Um, I was hoping to get there with the Fat Tuesday <laughs> um, piece that you had the event, but didn't make it over. But let's let's talk about the studio. I've seen, I've done the walkthrough, oh, the, the online thing that I can do to walk through and see it, the virtual. I've seen the beautiful pictures on the wall just the design and it all. So just talk a little bit about your studio. If somebody's coming there, what can they expect? What services you offer outside of uh, the agency side and the, and the graphics and designing and everything? What else is there? Um, yeah, so we are located in, in the design district and it's a 2,800 square foot warehouse building. Um, I actually designed it myself. A lot of people are like, wait, what? I, t I tell you, I, I, I love design and creative. So I love fashion. I love graphic design. I love interior design, everything. And so this was a very fun project. So right when you walk in, you're, you're greeted by a receptionist. And we have this Louisiana theme. Um, it's very beautiful. So on the right, when you walk in, we have a reception area with green luxe. We have very luxe dark colors in here um, that complement one another. And it has, um, we call it the French Quarter area. So we have nicknames for each little nooks that's in the uh, space, the studio. So like I said, it's a reception area. It's called the French Quarter area. So when you walk in, there's celebrities on the wall. So these celebrities on the wall, they have a Baroque framing around it. And it we have Obama and Maya Angelou and Steve Harvey and Oprah and Beyonce, uh, Tyler Perry, Jay-Z. I'm trying to think of the last other person. But yeah, so right when you walk in, it's, it's just Black excellence. I want it when people walk into the space, they know that it's owned by a black, <laughs> black man or woman and that uh, it's just showing them the power um, that we have. Um, and these are the people that inspire me to be an entrepreneur and that are just go getters within their particular industry. And I have a huge meaning behind. It. I actually designed these myself in Photoshop um, and they, they're like ca canvas portraits. And what I also have a deeper meaning is that the series is called Royalty. It's a private collection I designed. And it it shows that, you know, we during in my generation, we degrade ourselves, like just in our culture, um, all these Instagram models, um, you know, just showing just everything. And so I wanted to showcase us in a brighter light that we are um, classy. We are, you know, of excellence. And so they have like this French clothing. I know I'm like really stuck on it, but this is like a talking piece because <laughs> everyone. Every time... yeah, I love it. I love the way you're describing it. Okay, this is okay. What I yeah, because yeah. every time people walk in, they're like, oh my God, like they're just amazed at it and they want to take a photo and everything like that. And I actually um, started building in um, 
what is it? Uh, AI. So it has, um, I'm trying to kind of think of it like uh, augmented reality in it. So if you hold mm-hmm. your phone to mm-hmm. it, like say for for Oprah, she'll be like, um, you you get a car or something like that, <laughs> or Beyonce, oh, Beyonce, I, I don't it. think you're ready or something like that. So <laughs> I'm still playing around with it, but I want it to be my whole space to be very interactive. And so we also have a podcast booth, which I'm actually in. Um, and so people can actually rent this out or it's, it's actually a membership within um, CK Creative Desk, which is my integrated co-working space within my space. Um, we also have a photography area uh, and we also have like a bourbon lounge and we ha- we serve coffee there, water, lemonade. And we also have like Jack Whiskey pralines to go to go drive back to the Louisiana theme. Um, we also have a kitchenette. And we call it Cafe du Nom Nom, like Cafe du Mon, who, if y'all know about business. <laughs> yeah, if y'all know about business. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> so it's very playful. It's luxury. It has a lot of gold tones and, like I said, rich tones to it. So a lot of people I really love because they they when they walk in the space, like I said, they're just amazed at it. And it's, it's amazing to hear. I, I've had people cry when they're walking around the space because they just said mm. it's just so beautiful. And at the same time, it's just so powerful just seeing, like I said, there was like a black woman walking up to you that's very strong and like seeing the black people, you know, black uh, excellence on the wall. And I've had, uh, what is it? Someone say from Louisiana, it, it feels like a bowl of gumbo because it's so pretty. <laughs> no. So it's just, yeah. just hearing everyone, like their, their reaction, people take their shoes off, which I don't mind. Cause it just, it just feels homey. It smells good in here. We have food here. <laughs> we, we've done like business and beignets here and like shrimp, uh, what is it? Shrimp and grits with headshots. So, um, we, we try to bring back that cultural, um, Louisiana thing. Um, my fiance is from Louisiana and my dad's from Louisiana. So I try to bring that culture here. I love that. I I love Louisiana. (laughs) I have walked down Bourbon Street a couple of times and and everything else. So I can just imagine that, um, you know, what you're explaining and what you're describing. And so I I think it's just a sight to see. And I can't wait to, you know, come over and visit you all. (laughs) And yes. And so tell me, in 2021, um, this year um, is going on. We're still, you know, within the craziness of the world. But what can people expect from Simone Keys and the Creative Studio? What do you have cooking? What we have for this cooking. Year? So, you know, COVID happened last year. Um, we had a lot planned, like different events. Um, we we did a couple of them, but we really want to have more um, collaboration within this space because like I said we have a co-working space in here it's for creative entrepreneurs I felt like we needed a space to be able to network with one another um because uh a lot of us like I said I'm a graphic designer and web designer um I usually need like a videographer a photographer or something like that on my bigger projects and so that's what this space is about is like supporting one another leaning on each other collaborating with one another and um so I would have like more networking events so uh, networking events, as well as, like I said, I want this to be a safe place for us, for, for the Black community and our allies. I wanted this to, like, learn, we, I want us to learn about finances, um, how to, you know, buy a house, uh, um, how to start a business, um, what, what to expect on 
branding. I want this to be, like I said, a safe place and a knowledge uh, area, a space where you can share knowledge with one another that we might not even know, you know, that existed. Let's talk about where are you online? What? Give us your websites. Give us your social media. Almost every platform. I think <laughs> we have a, uh, a Instagram. Simone Key Creative for my business, um, Simone underscore Key for my personal. We also have CK Creative Desk for the integrated co-working space. Uh, we're we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, even on TikTok. I started one like two months ago. So we're all, we're all over. <laughs> and YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. You can follow us on YouTube. We have like a lot of behind the scenes when we do model calls or uh, events here in the space. We just have Business Bestie Brunch for uh for the community so yeah we're all over <laughs> all right i i i hate i missed that business bestie brunch i do yes, I it, it, yes. it's repeated again <laughs> yes and so um of course all of the the socials and and the uh websites will be down in the show notes for anyone that is listening and that wants to connect with simone keys as well as the ck creative studio i want to say thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Creators Conversations, and I can't wait to get over there to the space. Oh, and thank I can't you. Wait thank 